Comes out to Essien! Hello and welcome to Ramble On. This is a Patreon special of the Premier League Ultimate Eleven of the 21st century. Thanks to everyone for getting involved with our Patreon. It's always good to have you here. Today, it is the job of myself, Jules Breach, Luke Moore. Hello, Luke. All right, how are you doing? Good, thank you. And Pete Donaldson. Hello, Pete. Hello, Jules. And we are going to be picking the midfield and forwards of our Premier League Ultimate Eleven. Now, if you haven't listened to part one of the Ramble On special, then make sure you listen to that first, because otherwise you won't know who Marcus, Andy and Jim have chosen as the manager, goalkeeper and backline. So just to recap, if you have listened to it, you'll know that they went for Sir Alex Ferguson as the manager. Can't go wrong with that. And then they've gone Petr Cech in goal, Ivanovic, Ferdinand, Terry and Cole as their back four. Um, Luke, Jim tried to stitch us up right from the off on that. I, I thought know. this was meant to be teamwork. I thought they went for Sol Campbell at the back. I couldn't. I wasn't actually entirely clear whether they went for Campbell or Terry, but if it's Terry, I'm, I'm kind of happy with either of those. Um, they, they said that they were tempted to pick Jose Mourinho so that whatever attacking <laughs> players we picked would have a <laughs> terrible time anyway, uh, yeah. which I think is terrible spirit. It's not in the spirit at all of this. No. That's what I and, thought. And- and they didn't even start like that. Ledley King was barely mentioned, if at all. Mm. Uh, no shout for defenders such as uh, Fabrizio Colaccini. I, I don't know what <laughs> they were thinking about. <laughs> they also gave so much time to Sam Allardyce and Tony Pulis as shouts for best manager <laughs> in the 21st century. I was like, what's going on here? Proper stitch up. Jules, the, um, the, the tradition of the Football Ramble daily honourable mention has to be preserved at all costs. So <laughs> sometimes you have to dish out honourable mentions to people who wouldn't otherwise get a uh, get recognition so I broadly yeah. support that and bearing in mind there's probably going to be about 15 honorable mentions today because I found this very very tough yeah and uh, that means I get leeway for mentioning Glenn Murray as one of our forwards today then right yeah fine <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I did notice with um, who the boys have gone for so far is they haven't really picked any players that have emerged within the last decade in the Premier League. So let's see whether any of them make it into our midfield and forwards. Now, the Mm. formation was previously set for us in a traditional 4-4-2, which we've been discussing, we think actually makes it harder. We'd prefer to go for a 4-3-3, but we're not allowed to, I'm afraid. Mm. The parameters have been set, apparently. Pete, you, you, you said you didn't, before we came on, you said, I don't care whatever formation it is anyway. Yeah, it's rock and roll football, chaos football. I mean, look, we could talk about how formations have changed over the years and, and, and formations, I think, are less important than pure graph nowadays with the gig and press and all that. It's just about shifts putting in. a shift Put shifts in. This could go any which way, couldn't it? Um, mm. Let's start then with our midfield. And we're, we're going to start with the wide midfielders, which I think is probably going to be a bit it's going to be less tricky than picking our central midfielders, I think. So let's start off in right midfield. And there are a few players that are the obvious choices in this position. David Beckham, Cristiano Ronaldo, and for me, Kevin De Bruyne, I think, deserves a mention. Hmm. So I, I, I initially thought about Beckham uh he didn't quite get to the point where I wrote him down on the piece of paper in front of me what? as a potential well chiefly because the reason let me let me justify it otherwise Jules this is going to be a long show um, <laughs> um basically because I don't know if he's played long enough in the 21st century to to be considered so he, he moves um to Real Madrid in 2000 summer 2003 so really he only has three and a little three what three and a bit four seasons or whatever it is. Well, no, because 99 flicks over to 2000 in between the 99-2000 season, of course. So he's has three and a half seasons in the 21st century. Um, fair enough, he wins two, uh, three Premier League titles in that. But for me, if you're taking a 20-year period, I don't know if you can consider a player who's only featured in three and a half of those 20 years, regardless of how good a player he is. And and also, I would say that I my memories of... New millennium Beckham were definitely his years at uh, probably, obviously Real, but Milan kind of really exposed how different football had become. 
He was very effective, but he kind of was forced into a free role. He was too slow to be like a nippy winger. He wasn't what you would call a great defender, so he couldn't really be a holding player. And that's why he kind of lost his place in the England side. Like Aaron Lennon, Aaron Lennon and, and, and Sean Wright Phillips were uh, getting their place in front of uh, David Beckham. Milan didn't really didn't know, know what to do with him. And so for, for me, the new millennium Beckham is very much problems like that and situations well, like that. He, he did his finest work. I mean, so his, his, his Annus Mirabilis is 99, right? Where he wins mm, the treble. Yeah. And we're, and we're focusing just on the Premier League here anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I appreciate your context, Pete, but it, it, obviously we're just talking about Premier League. So so I feel like we he can't be considered on the right um, for, for those reasons. Now, if you, I mean, another player, I mean, Jules, I know you want to talk about... Um, I know you want to talk about Kevin De Bruyne, which is absolutely fair and proper. But before we do that, on the Kevin, on the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo front, he of course has six seasons in the Premier League. We saw him develop from this gangly w- winger type mercurial. It's fancy weird to dang. ever think of Cristiano Ronaldo as gangly, isn't it? When yeah, you I know. Look at him right? now. I know. But towards the end, and and that period of time, which I think is going to come up more than once on this show from 2007, eight, nine, where United win three Premier League titles in a row with these amazing forward players. And Cristiano Ronaldo was an absolutely gigantic part of that. I feel like for me, the standout candidate at right midfield has to be Cristiano. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Luke, there. I think that he he is the standout candidate in right midfield as well. Three Premier League titles at Manchester United. He pretty much won everything in those six years. And, and we've just been talking about David Beckham. And despite the fact that he's an incredibly talented footballer, it's a fair point that he didn't have that many years in the 21st century. And one of the things that was so impressive about Ronaldo is that he came into that United side and almost replaced David Beckham, who was such a legend at Manchester United and to kind of mm. fill those boots was a huge task and he did it incredibly. It was yeah, the, and- the sort of excitement you'd see when when Giggsy uh, first turned up on the scene, the way he would just, you know, twist everyone up, just work so hard, be so quick, his stepovers, mm. his chops, all of his, his bag of tricks was incredible. And you compare, obviously, well, you don't really compare Beckham and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, but you would say that David Beckham squared away his uh, his skincare routine in the 90s, whereas <laughs> Ronaldo's, Ronaldo's skin wasn't quite there in the early 90s. So he got there eventually, he got there with his body care regime and his abs, uh, but his face looked like a pizza at that point. How how much um, do you reckon that Cristiano spends, Pete, on skincare alone uh, every year? I I think the way that he abuses his abdominal muscles nightly... uh, He he probably has uh, uh, like a sort of a level of kind of calloused skin on his face that can withstand uh, an actual <laughs> sandblasting machine. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're not talking about like a like a, an avocado facial scrub here. We are talking about some Black and Decker uh, sanding uh, <laughs> machines on it. I, I think he could withstand anything. Yeah, I think that's right. Moving on from skincare, um, <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. I want to talk about Janino. <laughs> We're all in agreement that Ronaldo is probably the, the out-and-out pick for right midfield. But I do want to mention Kevin De Bruyne because, mm. like I said a, a minute ago, the players that have been picked so far, not many of them are players that have emerged in the last 10 years, in the last decade. And Kevin yeah. De Bruyne is one of those players who I think, without a shadow of a doubt, makes the team of the last decade, the Premier League team of the last decade. He's he's had five years at Manchester City. He's won two Premier League titles in that time. He was involved in Man City's best season, which was their 100-point season, which was just a mental achievement. And he's one of those players that's just magic to watch. And I think that we are still yet to see the best of Kevin De Bruyne, which is crazy mm. when you think about it. So for me, he deserves a mention and it, it's, yeah. it's really hard not to put him in the ultimate Premier League team of the 21st century when I would say he is one of my first players to make it in the team of the decade. Yeah, I think I think I think maybe we could settle on the idea that for for young Kevin that the it's just this has just come a bit too early for him. So he's twenty eight now. <laughs> if he if he could if he could put five more years in um, at this kind of level for Man City, then you, you, he's going to make that decision very very hard indeed. But I think right here right now, despite the fact that is his passing range, his all round game 
not just his passing range, but his weight of passing, his quality, his engine, his positional sense, everything is absolutely top draw. He's 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 only picked up two Premier League titles in five years. That's not as many as Cristiano. Um, I think I don't think anyone realistically could argue that 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 Cristiano Ronaldo isn't a better player or had a better career than Kevin De Bruyne at this point. So I think mm. he just misses out by virtue of the fact that Cristiano is in there ahead of him. But that's no shame on him. You know, he should he should pick himself up, dust himself down, and crack <laughs> on because if we're doing this in five years' time, we might find that he's edged Cristiano out. But just before we move on, very very briefly. Just to make it clear, and I should have said this at the top of this, for me, when I was asked to interpret this by Charlie, our, our Patreon guy, our social media guy, I was I was I was looking at basically two things overall. The two the two um, factors that for me are more important than anything else are going to be trophies won and longevity of service in the Premier League. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo, he, he's he's won more than De Bruyne. And currently, he served a season longer than De Bruyne has, has, has served. So, for me, on all those all those um, factors, it has to be him ahead of De Bruyne. Yeah, all right, okay. Microsoft Excel. Here we go. He's got the spreadsheet out, Pete. He's got the out. Do do the numbers. Let's go on, Jules. All right, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's why they put me and you together, Pete, because I'm so boring and you're so uh, you're so mercurial. <laughs> Pete, are you happy with Ronaldo as our right right midfielder? Yeah, get him in. Yeah, all right, get cool. Him in. Right, he's in. Ronaldo, player number one. He smashed it into the back of the net. It gets even better for Cristiano Ronaldo. Right, let's move to the left-hand side now. I think there's one standout person, and Pete, you've mentioned him already, Giggsy, mm. one of the most decorated footballers of Give all it time. Give it Giggsy! 13 Premier League titles. It's ridiculous. Well, I may have mentioned him earlier. He's not my pick, but I will oh. certainly say that if we were going to apply one of uh, Luke's tedious algorithms uh, to this situation <laughs> uh, with, you know, Premier Leagues lifted, uh, brothers, wives uh, involved with sort of thing, <laughs> he would definitely come out on top. So yeah, there is no there is no arguing that that man has typified uh, a new kind of footballer, uh, a new kind of Premier League star. Uh, and I think he, he he played at a time where like uh, Sir Alex Ferguson would just sort of be in the situation where he didn't have to worry about that side of the pitch. He didn't really have to worry about that side for such a long time. Um, so that made his job very, very easy. And if I know one thing about managers in any walk of life, they just want an easy ride. So Ryan Giggs gave them that very, very much uh, that, uh, uh, that, that out. And, and, and goodness knows he didn't play very many matches for Wales and he concentrated all of his uh, powers <laughs> on on, uh, on his performances for Manchester United. What? Um, but but so Pete, if if Giggs isn't your pick, um, then who who do you suggest instead on the left hand side? I think because, simply because we have been handed, I've got we've, we can only work with the hand we've been dealt, and simply because um, Ashley Cole is at left back, and I think there is a very very good uh, chance that we're going to be seeing um, uh, one Thierry Henry. Uh, in or around it, uh, in front. I think Robert Perez has got to be in there, to be Ooh. honest. He just, he's, he was a man who took a little while to get through to, uh, prem, to get used to the Premier League. He was quite lightweight. He would get abused by uh, most uh, most right backs. And But whether Arsenal were killing it or they were playing absolute nonsense, you knew that there was someone out there who could create. And it was... And, you know, it was heartbreaking when I know it's not the Premier League, but it was heartbreaking when he replaced uh, Jens Lehmann in, in in the final. Obviously, Jens got sent off, and and he, and he got brought off in Paris, uh, and finishing his career in uh, India, uh, coming out of retirement at forty. I just think, I, I just think for Arsenal fans, I think that I think Robert Perez looms. Not larger in the heart than than Ryan Giggs, but Giggs did a, a lot of work in the 90s as well. Uh, so I think Robert Pires typifies a, a naughty footballer more than Ryan Giggs did. Oh, this is so tricky because... It's not tricky Rob for me. Carry on, Jules. Is it not? Robert Perez was an unbelievable footballer. And I think that the point that Pete's illustrating there is how well he combined with Thierry Henry. And without giving anything away, obviously... You all know Thierry Henry is going to get a mention in a minute when we talk about forwards. They were incredible together. Part of that Invincibles team, 
you will struggle to find many other better combinations than Perez and Henri. And, you know, he and did Cole achieve a lot. Him. Hey? And, and Ashley Cole behind him as well. They're linked up beautifully. Well, let's just put the whole Arsenal team then. Well, let's do that then. <laughs> if, if it's easy for you then, Luke, who who do you think should be there? Well, it's got to be. I mean, it has to be Ryan Giggs. It has to be Ryan Giggs. And that's not taking anything away from Robert Perez. He, and one thing that Pete didn't mention, which I do think it bears repeating, is he was quite a prototype for this idea of playing on one side but cutting in on your stronger foot. Mm. Playing the left a lot but was right-footed. So that's 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 another sort of tick in the wing column for him as well. Um, I will never forgive him for diving over Ariane Zou in the Invincible season um, in which a game that Arsenal might have lost against Portsmouth. But I'll park that to one side <laughs> and try and be as, um, as as unemotional as possible. Unfortunately, I think, Robert, personally for me, and it sounds like, George, you're going to have a deciding vote here, but for me, the same way it's no reflection on how good Kevin De Bruyne is, Robert Perez is a, is a magnificent player, great to watch, classy operator, um, really elegant as well. Uh, and that's often forgotten about that Arsenal team who were like a you know a, an iron fist in a velvet glove, really. They were very elegant to watch as well as being tough. Um but you cannot overlook the idea that Ryan Giggs has won eight Premier League titles in the last 20 years alone. He has been there. I mean, he has been absolutely synonymous, arguably more than any other player with the Premier League itself. I mean, if you if you were going to ass- assign a manager synonymous with the Premier League, it would be Sir Alex Ferguson. If you were going to apply a player, then I think it would be Ryan Giggs. And he, he, he was unbelievably good at a ridiculously high level for such a long time. He won everything there is to win. He um, reinvented himself when he got a bit older. He started to play a bit deeper. Alex Ferguson gave a great interview the year Ryan Giggs turned 35 where he said, you know, he's not the same player he was when he's 25. He's going to occupy different positions. He's going to play in a different way. And that three-year period between 07, 08, 09 where United win three league titles in a row, Giggs is asked to perform a slightly different role, chiefly because they've got Tevez, Rooney, Ronaldo, these other forward players. Yet he still makes a big contribution. And across those years, he still made, I think he still made about I don't know like 75 80 appearances across those um across those div- uh, seasons in the league alone so for me there is no better candidate in that position than than, than Ryan Giggs he's convincing he, isn't he Pete well he's certainly long-winded uh, <laughs> <laughs> i would say that would you say that uh in 10 years time uh, imagine the space Premier League, the, the you know the European League, whatever it turns into. Who would look like a more modern footballer, Ryan Giggs or Robert Perez? I would argue it would be Robert Perez. Well, you can argue whatever you want, but that, that's, not, <laughs> right that's, then, not, that's, that's not that's not that's not no no. I I don't think you can. I, I don't think this is a serious um, contribution to the football discourse if Ryan Giggs isn't in this team. That's just how I feel. If I'm, out, if I'm outvoted, I'm outvoted, and I'll write it on my little piece of paper in front of me, and I'll and I'll get over it. But I don't think this is a serious. Like I don't think this is a serious <laughs> consideration if Ryan Giggs isn't in this team. Right. Before we move on from Robert Perez, just one final thing. Because you mentioned skincare already, I have to say yeah. I interviewed Robert Perez two years ago and he has mm. aged extremely well, oh, Pete. I bet, so yes, I bet. He is a, a fine looking man. And before we do make our final selection for left midfield, a couple of other notable mentions. We haven't talked about Gareth Bale yet and we also haven't mentioned probably one of my favourite Premier League players of all time, Eden Hazard. Now, Mm. I know he hasn't had as much time in the Premier League as some of the other players that we're talking about, but what a special player he was. He's one of those players for me that when I've gone to watch Chelsea play, I spend 20 minutes and I just watch Eden Hazard play. And Mm. he is just so entertaining to watch. He's skillful, he's elegant, he's slick, he can just do everything. And he has that ability to create special moments in games when when Chelsea look like they're out of a match, if that makes sense. And and he's also achieved a lot in his time in the Premier League as well. Obviously, it's sad that he's not not here anymore, but two Premier he's not dead. He he's gone to <laughs> Real Madrid, but two Premier League You're titles. <laughs> uh, the League Cup as well, Europa League twice. He never won the Champions League with Chelsea, but I just still think he's just such a magical player and I would love to see him in our ultimate team. But I just know that 
when you've got the likes of Giggsy challenging him for that position, it's fair uh, and, to and also, and, also, and also Hazard sort of, he would start in those positions, but he, I think he would, he would more often than not do most of his best work in the 18 yard box, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, just on the just on the outside of the D, and managing to perform miracles for that team and pull that team when they weren't performing well up from the bootstraps with the biggest ass I have ever seen oh, in my amazing. life. An <laughs> amazing you're caboose. Right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> There's so much junk in that trunk, and that shelf. is worth it's mentioning. But and, and Pete, you're absolutely <laughs> spot on. He he papered over a lot of cracks at Chelsea for for a little while, and he's a magnificent footballer. And obviously, he's not in the most amazing form uh, at time of recording. Recording and he's had an injury problems since he's gone to Real Madrid and I really hope that works out for him because he clearly wanted to go there for a long time and it's a place that can swallow you up if you're not careful so I, I'm a huge fan of Aiden Hazard I think he's amazing I think he can play in this team you stick him um, out sort of nominally out wide and he can drift around that's great Perez can do the same cut inside I think it tem- it comes down to what player you want though if you want um, a player who can who can hit the byline and bang a cross in a player who can cut inside with pace and score goals a player who you can rely upon season after season after season to win trophies over and over again. I mean, Giggs is just a relentless winning machine. But that doesn't mean, again, that I don't think Perez is good and I don't think Hazard is good. They're all great. We just can't fit them all in. So my vote is for Giggs. Um, Jules, it's, I guess it's up to you to decide. Yeah, I think Pete's vote was for Perez, but I, I've got to go with Luke on this one, I'm afraid, Pete. I think Giggs has got to be in the team. Left midfield. There we go. Ryan Giggs. Great run here by Ryan Giggs. Oh, what a goal! Would you believe it? Ryan Giggs could have taken Manchester United to Wembley. Let's move into central midfield now. I think this is when it gets a little bit tougher because there are so many amazing players that we could pick. Pete, I'm going to start with you. Who's your standout central midfielder? I mean, well, it, it depends on what kind of midfielder you want. I mean, 100%. <laughs> well, so yeah. hard. <laughs> well, in the you look at like the way that the first decade of the of the new millennium sort of changed. You had that that change between everyone played four four two, and then it was four two three one, and then after that, it did become less about the roles and, and and more about how much you were willing to put your body on the line, how 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 much harder you you wanted to work, and like the transformative nature of this new kind of press means that in the future you are going to have players who are going to need forensic passing to 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 to, to bypass any kind of uh, press and also engines that just run and run and run and for me that's why Paul Scholes is oh. the sort of player you need he is again I'm looking to the future and I am looking to the future I'm not having you get beat the last man and whip it in for a big striker like Luke he is on his on his right wing notable but... asthmatic Paul Scholes <laughs> who's got an engine that can run and run the player who was famous for not actually doing any running he did, no but I'm just saying that well I'm I'm more talking about the forensic passing and oh, and, and he can keep on going and his career was long and uh, and just as decorated as uh, as Ryan Giggs so I think that sort of player who has just every part of his game pretty much uh sorted out in the front i would put i would put Paul scores for me yeah i mean shall i come in on that jules i mean i i i, I... I can't have any issue with Paul Scholes being in this team. I think if um, if we if we draw stumps on this a little bit later and, and we look back at our team and Paul Scholes is in there, I'm very happy with that for the reasons that I've already stated. I agree with Pete. It's a, I think it's a really smart analysis that you are going to have to have players who can who can pass really sharply and really accurately. He was obviously notable for his accuracy with the ball at his feet. Um, contributed goals as well. One just knew how to win. Um, pull things out the fire when it needed to be needed to be done. Um, the issue is with a four four two is if you're going to play Paul Scholes and we're going to take this semi seriously like the other guys did. If we're going to play Paul Scholes, we're probably going to need to play someone else that's going to do a lot of hard running. And I don't, I'm not against that, but Larry. for me. This, yeah, well, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to talk about Gareth Barry in a minute, if I may, because yeah. I do think he's well worth a mention, and I'll give you some reasons why. But this part of the team, for me, is the hardest part, chiefly because there have been so many good central midfield players over the 20 years of the Premier League. Now, I mean, with, with the attacking midfield side of it, I don't know if there is a better standout candidate than Paul Scholes, just just because of the things he's won and for how long he hung around for. Um, 
but you're going to have to leave some very, very good players out of this team. And I think people listening are just have to going to make their peace with that, aren't they, Jules? Well, I think the thing is with this central midfield, with picking just two of them, like you say, Luke, it is so hard. I've got a list in front of me and leaving any of them out is hard. And I've got about 12 names written down here. And it's it's just impossible <laughs> when you reel them off. Lampard, Gerrard, Scholes, Torre, David Silva, Chabi Alonso, N'Golo Kante, Roy Keane, Vieira, Milner, Gareth Barry, Michael Carrick. You can make a case for every single one of them. So mm. I think that there's no doubt this is going to be where we probably won't completely agree. And Could- the, the listeners will definitely disagree with us at yeah. some point but it's 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 so hard to pick it i think that we just need to decide really who we think will be the best partnership maybe but what i was doing is i was I, when i was giving myself because i had a massive massive list and i was giving myself reasons to leave people out yeah. and because because otherwise it's just impossible and i thought to myself with this 11 and the boys of um the boys of um with their defending and their and their goalkeeper and their manager have, have, have adhered to this as well. I just thought I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make anyone eligible who hasn't won the Premier League. Because it's 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 otherwise it's just it's just an absolute nightmare to pick anyone. And I think even though that does rule out some genuinely very good players, it, it also means that um you get you get so away of <laughs> you get away. You get away. So what so what I'm saying is if I leave you're Gerard out you're leaving Gerard out and I'm not but, having that. But if I leave Gerard out, if I leave Gerard out, then I just it's, it's either leaving Gerard out or leaving someone else that I really rate out. I think Gerard has been absolutely mm. amazing, and and actually, you could make an argument for Steven Gerrard to be almost the beating heart of what the Premier League represents. When people from outside the country watch the Premier League, and the reason they love it, a large amount of the reasons they love it are because of what Steven Gerrard represents, right? The drama, the emotion, the heart on the sleeve, the hard running, the the the, the pulling stuff out of the fire, to use that phrase again. The raking so balls that get picked it, up by defenders really easily. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is really tough, but if you go into a situation where you say if they've not won the Premier League, they're not eligible, for me, it just makes it a bit easier. However... That mm. was not a rule. That 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 wasn't mm. a rule when we set this out. If that was a rule for me <laughs> off, then maybe I'd agree with you, Luke. But for me, I don't think that you can have an ultimate Premier League eleven without Steven Gerrard in it. He's one of the best players we have ever seen play in the Premier League. And when you talk about midfields, he is the sort of player that I think if you asked if you asked 10 ex-professionals who have played at the same time Steven Gerrard played in the Premier League, they would all pick him as probably their number one choice to have as a central midfielder because he's an all-round player. He is that player that can do absolutely everything. He's versatile and then he's got those leadership qualities that you need in a team as well. And I just, I know he hasn't won the Premier League. I know he hasn't and I know he came so close and it's gutting for Liverpool fans, but... I still think he deserves a place in this team. Well, another way we could rule Gerard out is if we settle that we have to have in this formation that's been thrust upon us, we have to have one holding midfielder and one attacking mm. midfielder. Because if we do that, then we've got a bit of a balance. And I don't think you would pick Gerard as either of those. I, I, I think it's 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 I always think that great footballers make teams better, but specifically they make players around them better. And you look at the difference between how Yaya Toro played when Gareth Barry left Manchester City. He looked ill-disciplined. He looked uh, a little bit lost. He looked a little bit lazy at times. It was because Gareth Barry was the perfect foil for him. He was the perfect, he was the water carrier. He, he did everything for Yaya Torre so Yaya Torre could get forward. So we've been, we, we've had this 4-4-2 thrust upon us. So we need to decide a, a midfield mix. We've seen the Lampard and the Gerrard experimented with for England. It don't work. So we've got to just cut our cloth accordingly and figure something out. And I don't want to do it, guys. But, it's going to but... have to come down to you. Lampard and Gerrard was only tested under Svengar and Eriksson. We've not tested it under Sir Alex Ferguson. We've <laughs> yeah, not tested true. it under Fergie. You never know. It could have been the manager. <laughs> I think, look, I, I, if you're going to mention Yaratore and Gareth Barry, then I disagree with Pete on that because because Yaratore was his best season was 13-14 where he scored 20 goals from midfield, team of the year, all that kind of stuff. And Barry, I think, had moved on and was at Everton on loan for that season, wasn't he? So he still was able to perform at a really high level. But the problem with Torre is he wasn't, for me, for this team, he wasn't consistent enough. Um, so I don't think he can be ruled in. The reason I like Gareth Barry, though, is because if we are going to talk about a team 
that defines the Premier League over the last 20 years. Well, Gareth Barry's made more appearances than anyone else and he's won a league title. Um, and he and if we need a holding midfielder, he's got to be part of the conversation just purely on those reasons alone. And he's from Brighton. So I'll, I'll, give, you that one. I'll give you that one. Um, we haven't mentioned Patrick Vieira in, in any detail. And I know that, Pete, you've been championing the Arsenal so far. Arsenal. So, so what mm. about Patrick Vieira making it into this midfield? Well, again, it's, I, I'm just looking at the other players and I'm thinking like he did... he. How many red cards did he get in his career? I I, I seem to think that his ill discipline uh, would uh, rankle me as a manager. It would annoy me a little bit as a manager. He uh, his positional sense was was excellent. He had a hell of an engine on him. But I think for me, he was just a new kind of Roy Keane, and I didn't rate Roy Keane perhaps as highly as a lot of people. So. You know, I'm probably talking nonsense here, uh, and I'm sure a lot of <laughs> Arsenal fans will get in touch. But remember, who was the one who backed uh, Robert Perez about 20 years ago? <laughs> well, the reason I ruled out Roy Keane is because his best year was 1999, and yeah. if your best season's not in the century you're talking uh, in the century you're talking about, then for me, I think that rules you out. Um, Vieira was amazing. As a midfield player, I think he had a lot of what Roy Keane had, but he was stronger in some areas and perhaps slightly weaker in other areas. Uh, I, again, he's, Patrick Vieira falls into one of the, cat, the category of I wouldn't be upset if he ended up in the team. Two Premier League titles in this century um, and a couple of FA Cups as well. So he's, he ticks the boxes for me there. He played at Arsenal for a very, very long time. Uh, and I think six of those seasons or five and a half of those seasons were in this century. So I'm not I'm not against that. The other player that I thought about in terms of a, a holding midfield role and to tap into what Pete was talking about in terms of having a, a water carrier or a, a ball winner next to you, um, for me is Michael Carrick, who who between 2006 and 2017 for Manchester United won, I think, 17 trophies, including, of course, several Premier League titles, which is what we're here to talk about. And he was a player who made every player around him better. Uh, I don't mm. think there can be any doubt about that. Uh, he picked up uh, five Premier League titles, uh, an FA Cup, a Champions League, all that good stuff, and was just incredibly consistent, uh, injuries permitting. Um, I think he only had one season where he missed a bit through injury. Um, so he was a little bit more consistent, perhaps people think. And just a perennially underrated player, the type of player that in another country in Europe would be world famous. Yet he is a little bit underrated despite having you know, well into what, 12, whatever I just said it was, 12 seasons or whatever um, to, to to do his thing at United at the very top level. So I would probably go, the problem, the, the other problem we sort of bring for ourselves now though, is if I say to you guys, right, it's a four four two in the middle, it's Carrick and Scholes, but that's the entire Man United midfield. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not having that. I don't want that. Mm. We, we can't have an entire Man United midfield, can we? Um, we, he, we he, never, the... he, never, he never got a red card in the Premier League. I'm not having that. In that position, <laughs> you should have been picking them up every week. Patrick Vieira got eight and you were criticised him exactly. for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, all right, the, we can meet in the middle. Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gareth Barry again. We um, we talked a minute ago about the pairing of Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard, and we've not really talked too much about Frank Lampard's career yet. So let's talk lovely lamps because mm. he is a legend of the game, and I think that you again for me in central midfield there are two players that come to my mind straight away and it's Lampard and Gerrard and I know the partnership didn't work in terms of England but for club Lampard from midfield was unbelievable it, and it's not just about the work he did in midfield it's his contribution to scoring goals and also assists mm. as well and and that is so valuable in a team when you've got someone like that in the middle of the park that can contribute was that because they, yeah. they was that because the the way that Chelsea set up though you know with 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 Drogba at the top certainly under Jose Mourinho uh, do, do you think that that was kind of more about the fact that they didn't have so many recognised strikers? Yeah, possibly. But then I think that one of the best seasons that Lampard had in front of goal was when he combined with Didier Drogba. I think that was the mm. 9 10 season where he was unbelievable. He got twenty two yeah. goals that season, which from midfield. Is incredible. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. And I and I know we're gonna we're gonna go on and mention Drogba when we talk about forwards in a minute, but that was lethal, that combination, Lampard and Drogba together. And and when you've got a player 
like Frank, who can completely change a game as well. You know, his long range goals too were, were just extraordinary. Crackalackers. I'm in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. For me, I my standout too are Lampard and Gerrard, but I'm I'm happy to be to have my arm twisted on this one. I know well, Luke, you're very keen on Paul Scholes being in well, this. Well, why don't we why don't we approach it slightly differently? Why don't we just say that what what are the reasons for leaving players out? Because I, I, I on on the Lampard stuff, I echo what you're saying. Yaya Toure got a lot of praise and rightly so for scoring 20 goals in the Premier League from midfield in one season but the fact of the matter is that Lampard had already done that a few years before and Lampard scored over 20 goals in all competitions for five seasons in a row and the season before that he scored 19 so I think Lampard offers you a lot more and so the reason there's a, there's a reason there to leave Yair Torre out. There's a reason okay. I've already said to leave Gerard out. Whether you guys agree with it or not, I guess is another matter. Um, I, I think a, a, an honourable mention for for Jimmy Milner as well. Not necessarily as, mm. as a centre midfield player, but just as a, as a contributor because he's almost been synonymous with the Premier League for such a long time. And Gareth Barry has played 650 plus Premier League games for 14 different managers. So that's not a coincidence. You know, if you if you if you if you think about the fact that Gareth Barry has played under so many different coaches and they've all picked him and he's played 30 plus games I haven't checked but I'm pretty sure he's played 36 plus games in the Premier League every season mm. and 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 and, and a, a, a cacophony a carousel of managers over and over again I just keep picking him so he's got something to offer as well but I think for me I would want Carrick in there and I'd want one of Skulls or Lampard in there I think and by the way we haven't even mentioned David Silva yet oh my god how have we not mentioned David Silva this is ridiculous it's so hard (laughs) right come on then Pete make a case for David Silva change my mind here well well, I'm not I wouldn't say he's a man who's been there at the top level just getting about his business and, and just doing it. I, I mean, I I was really keen on on Angola Kante. I, I went back and watched uh, mm. um, the 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 match before that, that made Leicester City sign him, uh, Khan against Marseille back in the day, where he was probably the best footballer I've ever seen. In, in <laughs> he would just he would he was every two minutes a footballer would get the ball from Marseille and he would be on him he would take the ball off him and give it to, to, to one of his teammates and it was an incredible performance and he had an incredible season or two uh, with, with Leicester and of course moved on and has been slightly uh, less impressive so he's out of the picture for me um, yeah. Silver's really hard to, 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 to argue for because he just gets on with it. He's not a Lampard slamming it in from 35 yards. I'd rather watch Frank Lampard play football uh, than, than than him, to be quite frank. So for me, I would probably go for Lampard over, over uh, yeah. Silva. Yeah, and I, and I feel like um, May United fans listening to this are going to be pissed off if we don't pick a player they like. Liverpool fans are going to obviously be pissed off if we don't pick Gerard. Chelsea fans with Lampard, blah, blah, blah. That Gerard-Lampard-Skulls conversation is a conversation that's been going for ever since I can remember. David mm. Silva's been amazing. I mean, he's, he's, he's won four Premier League titles. He's an elegant player. He's a very precise player. And he's a player that is... I think also, despite not actually having played for Barcelona under Pep Guardiola, synonymous with that Spanish type of tiki-taka through 08 to 12, where, of course, they won those three international uh, trophies in a row. The reality is, as I've said before, there are players here who are great, who are just not going to have done enough. Like N'Golo Kante, I mean, you'd be proud to have him as part of your team, whatever team you support. I mean, the, the contribution he made when Leicester won that uh, Premier League title, which was the standout season or I should say at this point, the standout completed season in Premier League history for lots of different reasons, it means that he's got to be worth a mention, but he's not getting in the team, and we all know that. Mm. So it's mm. regretful because he's a great player. It's the same with Vardy. I dare say Vardy probably won't get in the team, but it doesn't mean he's not been amazing. He's stuck on 99 Premier League goals. He'll get 100. What a story for a player that came into football so late. But it's not enough, is it? So we, we can only pick two midfield players. I don't think there's a better standout candidate for a holding midfielder than Michael Carrick. And if we're going to stick to that rule we gave ourselves, one holding and one attacking, it's then just take your pick from the others we've mentioned. And, and I'll defer to you guys on that if I can have Carrick. Okay, so... Luke's putting his foot down here. He wants Michael Carrick. <laughs> it was more about an emotional plea. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to bully anyone out of it. Pete, you can pick the other midfielder. If I can't have first season Czech Teote, I will be forced <laughs> into uh, choosing Frank Lampard, I think. He just 
he just ex- exemplifies Premier League football. Attacking, energy, energy, attacking, energy, energy, chest beating, idiocy. I love it. And do you know what I love about Frank Lampard as well is that even though he he comes across as like the nicest guy in the media, which he is, there are people that just want him to not actually be nice. Like people always right. criticize. They always say like, oh, why does everyone always say Frank Lampard's so intelligent? Why does everyone say he's so lovely? The answer is because he bloody he is. is. And that's why. <laughs> and, and he's an incredible footballer. He's going to go on to have a brilliant career as a manager as well. So I'm with you on that one. So let's go then. Lampard and Carrick as our central midfielders. It pains me not to have Gerard in there, but majority wins on this but, one. But Jules, be- before 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 you firm up that up completely, okay. the, the one word we haven't mentioned on the show yet, not even one mention of it, is Invincibles. And if we're just mm-hmm. talking about Premier League, uh, I was surprised that Pete didn't didn't bring it up, but he was probably getting pretty emotional when I was just banging the gigs drum. You know, Patrick Vieira is an invincible, you know. And so maybe that counts for a lot more than, than me just dismissing him. Um, and maybe people think that because of what he offers, he's, he's worthy of it over Carrick. I, I, I love I love what Vieira represents and I loved him as a player. Um, but he didn't win and didn't play for as long in this century as Carrick. And that's why I chose Carrick over Vieira. But I did think it's worth a mention just to say that if we go through this um, entire thing, only having, what would it be, one invincible then that might be a bit of a shame. But I'm just playing devil's advocate. There's no, no right stop, or wrong answers. Stop trying to make this more confusing. We've made our decision. Michael <laughs> Carrick, Frank Lampard, that's our central midfield. So to recap, our All midfield right. is Ronaldo on the right. We've got Giggs on the left. And we've got Lampard and Michael Carrick in central midfield. I'm sorry, Steve. A little Gerard, bit applauded. Yeah, but what a great applaud it's for Carrick. Amazing. Finally, he gets the recognition. Carrick. Carrick shot. Right, where do we start with this one? Um, Pete, Alan Shearer, have your say. Yeah, he was a bit crocked by the time we uh, reached <laughs> we reached the new millennium. Unfortunately, I remember his first his first soon SC season, like all four or five, uh, and he played uh, with Cliver, who it was fair to say enjoyed the night spots of Newcastle rather than St. James's uh, Park. Still scored a lot of goals in the cup and got the quarters of the um, uh, its quarters in Europe. Um, and, and he was going to retire. Soon as convinced him to give him one more season. He limped across uh, the line when it came to Melbourne's record in 05 or 06 uh, against Pompey. Might make that very, very clear. Yeah, his last I do goal, remember that. His last goal was uh, against Sunderland. And, and I think a lot, I think a lot of, um, a lot of these players, their legacy is perhaps important, is more important than their actual uh, performances on the pitch. The way that a lot of the best strikers started as midfielders, uh, he was a midfielder at Southampton when he started. He was a bit more collaborative. He brought a lot of players into the game. He exposed players like Ashur Amiobi a lot, I thought, because his hold up and layoff game was so good. He would lay it off to Shola and he would just shank it into the stand because he wasn't Alan Shearer. And you'd be left thinking that if Shola had passed it to Alan Shearer, we'd have had a goal. So, like, I think the Shearers nowadays, they mainly live in the championship, the Mitros, the, the Austins, the Lamberts, even like Pookie, the way he, the simplicity of, the simplicity of how he plays. Uh, give me the ball and, and if, I, if I've got my back to the goal, I'll try and have a shot or I'll lay it off. You'll get it back either way. Uh, and so I think all of the Alan Shearers are now in the championship uh, and it's been replaced <laughs> by a, a very different players in the Premier League. So uh, Alan Shearer, sadly, as much as it pains me to say, uh, would not be in my team. Yeah, just to come in on that, um, I, I, there's a couple of standout seasons that Shearer had in this century. The one where, was it 2002, Pete, where Newcastle come fourth and he scores mm. over 20 goals? Um, and then there's a couple of seasons around that as well. Maybe a couple, maybe, when was it? A couple of years after that, wasn't it? In 2004, when they finish fifth under Bobby Robson. Mm. He was good in that season as well. But the, the thing that works against uh, our Allen in a massive way is that his three standout seasons were the three seasons he had at Blackburn in terms of goal scoring. And they're all in the last century. Mm. So, if, if a, like I said about Roy Keane, 
if their best seasons in terms of contribution are in this century, I don't think we can consider them. But the, uh, for the record, I just want to state what Alan Shearer is able to achieve in this country in terms of goal scoring in the league is absolutely ridiculous. Where you bear in mind that that 260 Premier League goals, he actually scored more top flight goals than that, but they were before the Premier League mm. was in had, before the Premier League's inception. I believe he got 20 more than that, but it just doesn't count in the Premier League record. So it would have been 200. 80. I think I'm right in saying that. So he's head and shoulders above everyone, anyone else. Yeah, exactly. It's, in terms of the type of goals he can score, he could do everything, but his best years weren't the most recent ones in terms of what we're talking about here. So I think I have to agree with Pete, but he's certainly worthy of, of a, a good few column inches, as I mentioned on this show. Yeah, an absolute legend of the game, but unfortunately doesn't make our ultimate team of the 21st century. Does Invincible... Thierry Henry with his two Premier League titles. Does he make it into our team? I think he has to, doesn't he? I mean, this is the one player that I think when you think about an ultimate team in the Premier League in the 21st century, Thierry Henry has to be in it, Luke. Um, Yes, I think he does. I think that um, he played for long enough. He was arguably, and this is is obviously a conversation that's never going to be settled, but arguably the best um, player in the Premier League's history, uh, despite what I've just said about Alan Shearer. I don't believe that anyone's more won more Premier League golden boots than him. I don't believe there's been a classier, more effective operator up front than him. Uh, I think he could do everything. He was quick. He was skillful. He could. He was, a, 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 frankly, a ridiculous finisher. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he could, yeah, he could, he could do it all. And he still I, holds I, the record for the most assists in a Premier League season, which is insane. He's, obviously, he's, I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's even yeah. more, more power to his elbow than isn't And he's it? a forward. That's the thing is normally mm. you just associate the goals records with, with, with the strikers. But with Thierry Henry, he also had that ability to create for the players around him. He got 20 assists in the 2002-2003 season. And... Um, I think Kevin De Bruyne is chasing that down this year. I think De Bruyne is on 16 assists. And I think the closest that it's come to being being beaten was Meza Ozil. I can't remember what year it was, but I think Ozil got 19 assists one mm. year. But of course, that's in a completely different position where he mm. should be providing assists. But for Thierry Henry to get that many assists and also obviously scored tons of goals that season as well is just quite incredible. For, for me, has to make the team a classy player and and for me there's there's also something in it when there's a player that plays for an opposition team if they can manage to make you hate them it means they're really bloody good <laughs> and I remember growing up and watching Arsenal and I really hated Arsenal I don't know why you know sometimes you just go through phases where you just really hate a team and the reason <laughs> I didn't like Arsenal at the time was because Thierry Henry he had that arrogance about him every time he sort of put his fingers to his lips when he scored it just wound me up so much yeah. and he had that ability to just kind of wind every other team up he was so good and has to be one of our forwards Pete, I mean, before you come in, just very, very quickly, it's, it's how effortless he made everything look as well. He was like he was on a, at his very best in that invincible season where he knocks in almost 40 goals in all competitions. Everything about it was effortless. It got to the I remember this season pretty well, and it got to the point where it was almost every time he picked up the ball, you thought something was going to happen. And not many players get to that level where they're just so devastatingly effective every time they get the ball and not only did on redo that he did it in a graceful very very classy way as well i think he's not look to me Thierry Henry is a total artist and i i wouldn't have any appetite to even just raise myself to argue against him so i'm not going <laughs> to no I mean, when when one of my favourite goals from Thierry Henry is the one that he scored against Leeds in the cup when he came back with his big beard, and that was <laughs> one of his last appearances in football. I'm like, look, just get him in. There's no arguments here. What All a right. footballer! What an operator! That's a lovely ball to Henry. Inch perfect. Thierry Henry goes for it. Oh, what a goal! That is sublime. Right, who's going to partner Thierry Henry then up front for us? For me, it's one of two. Um, Aguero and Rooney uh, is are the two that I cannot decide between. Mm. What do you think, Luke? 
I'd agree um, that they are the two standout candidates. I I didn't include um, Carlos Tevez, despite him being a part of that United side and, and obviously doing this thing at City as well. I didn't include uh, Didier Drogba, chiefly because I think what Drogba represents for Chelsea and for Chelsea fans, it goes without question and without saying. And, and I, I understand that he was a lot more than a goal scorer. Uh, and he really dragged them along with one or two other players that we've mentioned. He dragged Chelsea into their current modern form and he deserves a huge amount of credit for that because he was amazing. But he fell just short in terms of goal scored for me. Um, so I, I I come down on the side of Wayne Rooney over Sergio Aguero and I'll tell you why. The reason being that Wayne Rooney um, has, for me, the characteristics that sum up what the Premier League is. And I think that Wayne Rooney's got, on balance, more about him than Sergio Aguero. I, I think I, I get the impression that Sergio Aguero is a, is a player that's very hard to play against mentally because he's always switched on and he, can, and he can just get a goal out of nothing and he's a very good penalty box striker. But for me, Wayne Rooney has uh, he's won more than Sergio Aguero in terms of Premier League titles. He scored more goals than um, than Sergio Aguero at time of recording. So maybe that might change in time. But at the moment, clearly Wayne Rooney's not going to score any more Premier League goals. But he's he's oh, got a hundred. What's he got? He's got, he's got about. He's got he's got well over uh, what 180 goals something like that in the Premier League. I think he's the um, the second highest scorer in the Premier League. Uh, Rooney, isn't he? yeah. I think he's got 208 goals from what I've read. Okay, cool. So that that makes him. In which case, that makes him the second highest scorer behind Alan Shearer because that's way more than Andy Cole. So, for me, Wayne Rooney is the standout. He's got 94 assists in the Premier League as well, which is better than the uh, goal scorers around him. Sergio Aguero might bring him down, might catch him up. 180 he's got, I think. So, he might catch him up. But at the moment, he hasn't He hasn't scored more goals than him. And Wayne Rooney is a was a better all-round player than Aguero. I think Aguero will catch Rooney's record of 208 goals. As you say, he's on 180. And I think that in one, maybe two seasons. So the end of this season plus one more season. And I think he surpasses Wayne Rooney on on 208 goals. That's not why I lean more towards Aguero though. For me, I lean slightly more towards Sergio Aguero because the way I'm trying to split these two, and it's so hard because I have so much admiration for everything Wayne Rooney's achieved and, and the type of footballer he is because he's got that attitude that I love to see on the pitch. But what splits me on this one and why I lean just that little bit more towards Aguero is if I had £100 and I had to put a bet on one of them scoring a goal, they're through on goal, it's your last £100 that you own and you've got to put a bet on either one of them finishing and scoring, I put that money on Aguero. I would also go for Aguero on that particular bet, Jules. But are we sort of... Giving Thierry Henry uh, a player that doesn't work quite as hard as, say, a Carlos Tevez kind of character. Can I make the case for Carlos Tevez? Yeah, go, go for ahead. it. Saved West Ham from relegation. Three Premier Leagues, Champions League medal. He was so good. People kind of forgot how intrinsically problematic him even being in the Premier League was yeah. <laughs> with his ownership. He was born in the most unbelievable conditions in Buenos Aires. His dad was ex- executed while he was still in his in his mum. You know, 50% burns across his body. This is this is less a footballer's origin story. It's more of a superhero's. And we talk about in the Premier League these kind of like hired guns, these ruthless, money-obsessed gun for hire. And he is that. But if you've got the money... And he's on the pitch. You have got a player that gives everything. Rio Ferdinand, every player that's ever played with him has said he did F all in training. But my <laughs> God, as soon as he got on that pitch, he would work as hard. Man United fans loved Tevez, absolutely loved him. Um, they weren't into, you would say, his replacement, Dimitar uh, Berbatov. Sim- even though like Dimitar Berbatov scored twice as many goals, it's just the way that he carried himself on that pitch was completely different uh, to a lot of uh, other players who thought they were too posh to have a little bit of a run around and a little bit of a kick. I just <laughs> like that in the, 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 the penalty area. I like defenders looking scared. What's Tevez going to do? Is he going to give me a dig in the ribs? Is he going to give me a knee to the knee? Is he going to do something dreadful? That's why I like Carlos Tevez. And that's why 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm going into bat for him. He's <laughs> such an on-brand Pete Donaldson player. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I thought about Dimitar Berbatov, actually, now you mentioned him. He won a couple of Premier mm. Leagues. Um, uh, was obviously amazing. But too if you can have. Yeah, he's, too say, lazy, t- he's too lazy. He's too lazy. If you can have Tierra Ri in there, it's just too much of a flex having Berbatov in there yeah, as well. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> they'd, never, they'd never do anything, would they? Um, just going back to what Pete said there, I find it fascinating that some players just do absolutely nothing in training and then they turn up on a match day and they're unbelievable. Apparently, that's what Sergio Aguero's like as well. Apparently in training, according to Micah Richards and Jolian Lescott, they've both said when I've interviewed them, I've asked them, you know, what was it like training with someone like Sergio Aguero? It's unbelievable. Mm. And they're like, he's nowhere near as good in training as he is on a match day. I find that I find that fascinating, really. It's just like, how does it just yeah. switch on that match day yeah. for them? I mean, I mean, I guess at Aguero's age and a lot of these footballers' age, it's, apart from keeping up your fitness, what are you learning, really? <laughs> Aguero's <laughs> already improved. Aguero, you don't, uh, you don't seem to be very good at scoring goals. Look at my record. Just get me in the box and I'll put it away. Don't worry about it. We've, um, we've it... also not mentioned um, Luis Suarez yet, have we? Because that combination with Daniel Sturridge for Liverpool... That mm. was fearful, wasn't it, for other teams? I mean, they combined for 49 goals in the 2013-14 season, which was a record at the time set by Shearer and Sutton, wasn't it? So they were incredible together. And I think Suarez was one of those players that had such an impact at Liverpool from the minute he arrived. Yeah, but he's not contributed for long enough and he's not won the Premier League. That's the problem for me. I don't think you, I, I understand he's a brilliant player and um, what he brings, um, yeah, you could you could spend all day talking about. He's clearly an elite operator. He's clearly um, capable of all sorts. But I mean, three and a half seasons in the Premier League, no, no trophy um, to me counts against him. There are just other more convincing candidates in my, in my opinion. Um, I, I mean, cause I, I thought about Robin Van Persie as well. I thought to myself, who's a player mm. who's very, who's capable at the very top level. And when he moves to Man United from Arsenal, he pushes him over the top and he picks up his first Premier League title. He was the difference in that season. There's a reason that was so difficult. Well, there are a lot of reasons why that was so difficult for Arsenal fans, but one of them was the fact that he goes there and picks up a title straight away. He was brilliant, but his contribution at this level for what we're talking about just isn't quite enough. And there's, to me, there is no better standout candidate really the top two for this last position are Rooney and, and Aguero I don't think there's any, any doubt about that and I think again same way with De Bruyne this has come a little bit early for Aguero once once we look at his career in retrospect assuming he stays at, at City his whole career I think he'll have a more powerful argument but for the goals that are scored for the fact that he's operated in the Premier League his entire career pretty much I mean apart from the bit at the end and the fact that he scored so many goals and won so many trophies I think you have to you have to give it to Wayne Rooney Okay, so we've definitely gone Henri. Luke is putting forward his claims to have Wayne Rooney as Henri's partner. I'm saying Aguero. So, Pete, you get the deciding decision on this. Time for revenge, Pete. Aguero or Rooney? Have your pick. Look, the formation has forced our hand, I would say. We can't have our Drogba, so mean, that means we can't have our Giroud's or our Demba Bars or our Lukaku's or our, or our uh, Canes, in my opinion. So I think if I need someone to put the ball in the net but work a little bit harder than just in the six-yard box, Jules, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go for Wayne Rooney on this one. First half. Now there is Rooney! Oh, I've been I've been pipped to the pump right at the end. Is that the saying? Is that the saying? Have I just made pipped to the post? Pipped to the post. I just said pipped to the pump. Might be something else. Jules, you can pip. You can pip to the pump if you want. We don't mind. I am so I'm really really bad at sayings. I'm so sorry. That was completely wrong. Goodness me. All right. So from the top, then our manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, Petr Cech in goal, Ivanovic, Ferdinand, John Terry, and Ashley Cole at the back, and then we have the picks we've gone for today on the right hand side Cristiano Ronaldo on the left Ryan Giggs in central midfield Frank Lampard Michael Carrick and up front Thierry Henry and Wayne Rooney I think they might just about stay in the Premier League that team 
Give it to Pardew. See what happens. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate everyone subscribing on Patreon. Tell your friends about this amazing extra content and uh, we'll very much appreciate it. But Jules, that's wicked. Thanks very much. Lovely stuff. Luke, Pete, thanks for your help doing that. This was a Patreon special for the Premier League Ultimate Eleven of the 21st century. Let us know what you think. Do you agree or not? This was a Stakhanov production.